and welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast on Thursday, the 27th of April. Uh, we're just about to run into the bank holiday weekend. It's a double-headed bank holiday weekend, so I think London's going to shut down for 10 days, which is a right pain in the neck to a large extent, but there we go. Phil, how are you doing? All right, Andrew. I'm looking forward to the to the bank holiday, but I won't be shutting down for 10 days. No, I, I promised you I'd be nice to you today. Told me off of not being very nice to you last week. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right too. <laughs> yeah. Well, also I'm going uh, in between the bank holidays. I'm going to Israel, um, actually to a sort of a, a tech conference. So uh, we probably won't get. Uh, I don't. Know, we, we'll probably do a. You'll do a podcast probably next week, but I won't. I'll be in Israel, um, where obviously a lot of the really interesting tech companies come out of Israel. So I'll be there. Um, trying to find some good ones to see what we can do in London. Although it has to be said at the moment, the London market, as we say in our industry, the window is currently shut. Uh, it's not just me saying it. I talked to a lot of other CEOs of a lot of the other bigger brokers, and they're all saying exactly the same. Very difficult to raise money at the moment in London. So companies that have got a lot of cash are in a pretty good position. Um, I don't know. Have you got any sort of general thoughts on the market, Phil, you want to lead off on? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I guess a lot of the news, Andrew, this week is from the States, uh, particularly in tech, uh, and everyone's trying to kind of figure out what's happening with the economy and what's happening with, you know, with business spend. Um, and so we had, you know, Microsoft is a great one to kind of start off with, uh, given its, you know, exposure to global business and consumers as well. Uh, and they just reported their uh, first quarter results. Um, and what was quite interesting, caught my eye in this one, was, I mean, their revenue was up by 7%, uh, $53 uh, billion, But they were saying um, that they'd still seen a pretty strong performance in their cloud services uh, business. I mean, they're one of the biggest, uh, biggest in the market. This is their Azure business. And that was up by... 27% in the quarter, and they were still pretty positive on their outlook there and on the opportunities for AI. Um, and then more interestingly for me was in particular was because we've seen a lot of weakness in semiconductors and in sales related to PCs and consumer electronics is that their, is that their Windows, you know, the core with Windows business was relatively stable uh, at $13 billion. So, you know, it, it's a kind of Pretty reasonable under the circumstances, I thought, actually. Um, yeah, but also, I mean, in, in general, know. I mean, a couple of points there. I, I, I thought it was quite interesting. You know, we've had a whole load of these people report this week. Uh, Meta, which is Facebook, Alphabet, which is Google. You have to be able to translate them, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and they're all, the results are all coming in from the States pretty good, above expectations. Likewise, we had a load of semiconductor companies uh, reporting. Uh, I think this morning we had Samsung and yeah, one other, right. I forget. Um, but they've all actually been pretty good. Um, and I'll tell you another sort of interesting thing. This isn't necessarily tech and transit. I find it quite interesting. We saw today that in China, and geopolitics is so important in this market, that uh, actually the sort of um, profits of companies are down like 20-something percent. And yet the Chinese GDP is growing. In the West, what we're seeing is that profits are going up, and yet GDP isn't growing. So what we're seeing, funny enough, is that in the West, companies are taking advantage at the moment of the current environment. 
and pushing up margins, which is great for the company. It's not so good for the economy. Clearly, you've got the exact opposite in China, where margins are being squeezed, so we're seeing profits for companies come down. But GDP is growing because they're they're still pumping out like I don't know what. And I, I guess that's the difference between a um, you know democracy and communism is that um, in China they're protecting the whole country uh, and telling people no lower your margins because we want to protect the whole country. Whereas over here it's the you know the acquisition the accusation would be that it's all very well for the rich the rich get fatter the poor get poorer. Um, that's a really sweeping statement. It's a really, pretty sweeping comment. Um, but uh, I don't know if you got a view on that, Phil. Yeah, I do. That's a very interesting observation. And, and over here, you know, in the West, if, if there's any sniff of, um, you know, price controlling in a the market, uh, then, you know, regulators are right on it or monopolistic control. But, you know, that's, that, that does segue into nicely that the UK uh, competition authorities are going to, are proposing blocking Microsoft's 69 billion acquisition of uh, of Activision, the gaming's maker. Now, I'm concerned over it dominating, uh, you know, the growing cloud gaming platforms. So, very, yeah, interesting observations you make there, Andrew, on that. And on how they, yeah, you're right about the margins and being able to put pricing up in an inflationary environment, yeah, and hold profits. Uh, I, yeah, I, I see. It's, it's, um, May, may cause some people to grimace though. Going back to your point though about the um, uh, Activision situation, it's pretty bad, isn't it? The headline of the FT this morning was Activision blasts the UK as closed for business after regulators block $75 billion Microsoft deal. I mean, unfortunately at the moment, we are hearing from just about every angle that the UK is closed for business. Um, you know, we've talked a bit about in this podcast how difficult it is. I said, started off saying the window is shut. Uh, every day we seem to have a bid for another company. The number of stocks listed on yeah. the public markets are shrinking by the day. You know what? I, I also noticed in the FG today there was actually quite a good article about Rishi Shunak, um, basically saying that you know he is quietly getting on and doing things. That they, they, they their quote was uh, Rishi arrives, Rishi delivers, Rishi moves on. You know he's knocking down all these little hurdles, but the problem is he's somewhat lacking in a personality. So can he get re-elected? Uh, you know, well, Boris had a big personality, but let's be honest, he was a complete and utter buffoon. Uh, will Rishi get re-elected? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the country will look at it and go, you know what, he's actually done things. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a political commentator. Uh, what I do know is that, um, and this is another sort of generalist point again for me, and I apologise if I've got the generalist bit going on too long, and just get under stocks, is that obviously it's the marginal voter that wins the election. And I thought it was very interesting um, this week. We had a demonstration that it's the marginal buyer that moves the share price. Um, I don't know if it's on your list of stocks to talk about, but Eco, I don't know, uh, Eco had their biggest um, or a trading estate, I forgot which one it was, one or the other, uh, this week. And um, what was interesting was, if you look at it, um, it's it's got an incredible shareholder base, actually. Um, very, very strong. There's virtually no liquidity in it. All these shareholders just hold it. Just before the figures, it had actually fallen about oh, 20% or so. Mm -hmm. On the figures themselves, it rose 20%. In fact, I'm just looking today alone. It's up over 7%. All right. 
Why is a stock that's held so strongly? It's like, I don't know, the statistic is quite extraordinary. Moving so much when you've got you know very little free flow. Well, of course, the answer is it's the marginal buyer. So, and actually, what I'm getting onto, really, I suppose, with all of this is that I will get to the point in a minute. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> marginal buyers are the key to so many things. Um, and and th when you're looking at a stock, in particular, you know, you've got to say who is the marginal buyer that's going to actually move that stock. Anyway, I was probably just waffling on there and I bored everyone to death with some absolute. Uh, look, I apologise if I have it right. Uh, but I thought it was very interesting. I don't know if you're going to talk about eco, but anyway, there you go. Well, what's this? <laughs> you talk further, further back. Well, what marginal buyers always amazes me how the oil price moves. Like, you know, where you get a small squeeze in output, uh, really shifts the price in oil. So there's a, a big element in what you say. Um, but I guess I'll lead on to look. We, we've been uh, Andrew. I just wanted something I did want to talk about today is like end markets and who's spending money and who's not spending money. And we talked about weakness in the sort of computer markets and consumer, you know, in electronics uh, for consumers where we had a big boom and then we had inventories and chips and they're unwinding at the moment. The fact that some chip companies, but I don't. I, I have been looking at the wider results and I saw that. It's not an area we look at um, in great detail, but where investors will have exposure to the wider funds. And that's on medical um, equipment and technology. It's not biotech, this is medical equipment, equipment that's used in hospitals and laboratories. Um, and, and this is government spending money now and research institutions. And Thermo Fisher, uh, one of the biggest in the US, tickers TMO, um, they had their uh, results and they've reported you know, very strong spend in particularly in um in laboratory spends um and in, and in medical diagnostics so that was interesting to see also uh and on the economy i was always taught when i came in the city to have a look at heavy truck tire sales because trucks are moving freight and if the economy is doing well lots of freight is moving but volvo reported pretty strong results last week and i saw that daimler truck um had reported their uh first quarter um sales with um they said they're going to exceed market expectations uh and their profits were up from just under a billion euros to one point nearly 1.2 billion uh, euros and caterpillar had a, a good set of numbers as well uh that they came out with and of course you want to get on caterpillar from from uh from mining but also construction and benefiting from uh the biden administration's infrastructure spend in the us so that was kind of medical equipment uh, and heavy transport, and that leads into uh, Spectris. Which ah, Spectris. One which we definitely discussed before, and also along lines of Oxford Instruments as well. Uh, so this Two is one uh, trading today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, SXX is the ticker, 3.9 billion market cap. Nice run this year. Uh, new chief, chief exec came in, Andrew Heath, was over two years ago now, but they've been, uh, you know, Spectris is a uh, specialist in high technology instrumentation and test equipment and software. And as they quote, uh, they are sold into the world's most technically demanding applications. So they have customers in aerospace, automotive, energy generation, uh, environmental, pharmaceuticals, and they sell globally. With the last range of instrumentation, they sold off a big division last year. 
uh, and that's enabled them to do a big share buyback. Uh, but they've reported uh, quarterly uh, quarterly sales up 24% on an organic basis uh, and with a book to bill of over just one time uh, with strong demand from life sciences, pharmaceuticals, uh, but interesting for me also semiconductors. Uh, semiconductor makers, we've seen strong demand there and uh, in automotive, but Spectrus is going uh, is going very well in its margins and has a nice amount of cash on the balance sheet now to do further things outside of the share buyback, you know, in terms of R&D investment and uh, M&A. Now, to do what caught my eye about that Q1 trading statement was they actually said that they expect the weighted profit to be higher than normal in the first half. Yeah. I, I don't mm. know whether that's going to catch people out. And actually, on a sort of opposite side to that, we had uh, Molten Ventures today gave a trading update, and what they said was that they they see signs of stabilisation in the second half. Um, sounds like a bit like a football match. It's all about which half you're playing in, doesn't it? Is it? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of this timing going on, and part of the reason is, especially in tech, is inventories. Is like you know, in COVID, so many folks built up so many inventories in different areas, be it, be it across semiconductors, components, whatever. A lot was built up because remember of all the supply, the supply chain crisis globally, and now there's a bit of an unwinding going on. Um, and but also, it's you know, for some of the automotive makers, for instance, suddenly they could get all the bits that they couldn't six months ago, and hence, you know, we've seen revenues rising in uh, in certain areas. So yes, there's. <laughs> but always look at the time. Absolutely. Mm. So there we go. So that was good. Uh, AB Dynamics, keeping on automotive, because ABD, uh, 400 million market cap, they have interims. Um, and AB Dynamics tech is used to develop new vehicles. So they will make uh, driving simulators, uh, driving robots. This is to drive cars around proving grounds where you don't want a driver in there if the thing is going to crash and test it out. Uh, soft targets for testing auto you know, cameras on cars that identify pedestrians. Obviously, you don't want to do that with real pedestrians. So they have uh, they have tar- you know, inflatable targets. Anyway, um, still seeing good demand in automotive. Uh, their revenue was up by 30% against the first half. And they said, and we always look for this, 14% was organic growth. Um, you know, don't split out the difference between sort of price volume and inflationary pricing there, but nonetheless, it's 14% um, with with good demand from uh, particularly robots uh, and advanced driver assist platforms for proving grounds for tests. So this is all about uh, the automotive manufacturers themselves still spending on development, which is uh, encouraging. So that was quite a, a decent set of results from them. The cash flow, yeah, sales are up by 30%, cash flow from operations up by 12%. So, and it's got, you know, there's cash on the balance sheet. So that looked okay. There was, uh, moving on to software, um, RWS Holdings, which we discussed, big translation company. Mm-hmm. Um, a ticket, uh, well, it's tickets RWS, market cap is 935 million. So they, you know, translation for websites, uh, they specialize in like websites, um, patents, translations. I mean, there's, there's a massive amount of translation. Any instruction manual you get for something that's got multiple languages in it all needs translating. Um, and it can't all be done by, by computer. Computer, you know, is complemented by human translators. Anyway, um, RWS had a half-year trading update, and it was a bit of a profits warning. Um, and they provide their translation services to you know corporations across the world. 
uh, and they reported revenue growth of two and a half percent uh, to 366 million in their first half, um, and it, that represents an organic constant currency, if you like, like exchange rates contraction uh, of 6.8 percent, which was it was offset, they said, by favourable currency movements. But that was a like for like, so that was a good. They saw softer activity levels, and quote, we're seeing this a lot: slower decision making among certain clients, i.e., they're developing, you know, they're delaying their spend and ordering. So that was not uh, particularly good for RWS. But that's one that you want to be watching and seeing how things, you know, looking for any turning recovery there, because the shares have certainly come off. Yeah. That was not good. Uh, sticking on software, I don't know if you saw, something I've come across before, ActiveOps. No. What yeah. is that one? Active? ActiveOps, all one word, A-C-T-I-V-E-O-P-S. PLC ticket is AOM, uh, 58 million market cap. Uh, and their software is used for uh, managing what's called active ops. Well, I guess clues in the name, it's operations. So it's uh, business operations. So it's used for things like uh, employee payments, claims. Um, they are involved in what we've got, compliance, uh, analytics software. Anyway, so they reported uh, their uh, trading update for year end. Um, and they have said, please announce positive trading uh they're expecting to deliver results ahead of expectations with their revenue up 11 percent to 25 million um high gross margins oh that's always good are we looking out for that uh and a positive adjusted ebitda with end cash of 15.4 million expected and um, but i looked at that uh, the forecasts are for the revenue to increase from 23 million this year to 25 next with ebitda break even at the moment which is interesting so it's moved this thing is moving to profit but it's got cash on a balance sheet it's not been the the best of performance has it over the oh. last few years so it's been around for a while not yeah. really looked at it i'll be honest with you but it's not been that great is it mm -mm. No, but it looks like it's um, moving in the right uh, the right direction. And in the, yeah, I mean, in the current environment, terms of spend on software in certain areas. Yeah, interesting. interesting shareholders, actually. Have you ever looked at the shareholders? You've got me looking at this one now. Yeah. You've got Canical Genuity with 15%. Shoulders have got 86 mm -hmm. Uh Calculus, who are a VC fund, they've got yeah. 6%. They're quite aggressive. Gresham House. They're always interested to follow 5%. River and Mercantile, SVM, Soros have got 3%. Um, it's, it's quite an active, relatively active share as well. Um, interesting. Good good spot. Well done, Phil. There, there we go. Oh, thank you very much. See, thank I told you, you I was going to be nice to you this week. Oh, that was very, yeah, very kind of you. <laughs> right. Um, Echo, uh, ECKOH ticket is uh, ECK. And I just talked about that one. I've talked. I talked about the strange movements, but you can do it. It's fine. But that was yeah, what I led off on. No, okay. Well, I, you know, as you as you mentioned it, so I will follow through. All right. Yeah. I mean, they were. They were. Um, it's interesting this because they. I mean, I've met this company before as well. They're involved in its contact center engagement. So basically, well, you know, you call up a call center, and suddenly they start asking you about your personal details and your card numbers address etc and they have technology that gets around 
the uh, operator at contact centres actually having the full details. So you will at some stage be keying in information um, and their software does this. Um, and they have said that, uh, that you know, again, this is this is interesting to me because this all relates to, you know, the way consumers spend, you know, contact centres will be consumers contacting them for whatever reason, e-commerce or paying their lucky bills or, or whatever. Um, but they're seeing, you know, they are they are enjoying good spend, and they said the board expects revenue adjusted operating profit to be significantly ahead of the prior year, uh, with revenues of 39 million versus 31.8, adjusted profit of 7.6 versus 5.2. That was slightly ahead of the, the profit, slightly ahead of expectations, uh, and decent cash generation as well, and growing in the US, which is pretty good for a UK-based company. So obviously I was talking about the fact that, you know, it's got this incredible shareholder base. I just, I just looked up whilst in between, actually. So I'll tell you now, the rotation of Icon, they, they give you a rotation factor, which is basically oh. shows, you know, how much people are turning it over. Their rotation, no change is 99.51%. That's why I say it's the marginal buyer who does it. The reason actually for now I look at this stock quite a lot is I, I own it in my mother's IHT portfolio that I run. Hadn't necessarily been the best, but it's because it's a very sticky shareholder base. Anyway, there we go. We better move on from that one. Right. So we move on to one which I've recommended at the start, the end of last year. Centralnic. Ah, yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So these shares have not done well this year, but we're only at the end of April. So we shall see. The ticket is CNIC, Centralnic, 343 million market cap. Um. Um, their software is used by, um, you know, and this is global businesses, and it is to manage their domain names. So big organisations own many domain names for their websites uh, and, and platforms. They also manage email systems, but it's, and it's all about brand protection services, you know, because ultimately in terms of brands, brands ownerships, the domain names around those brands are hugely important if you're marketing. Uh, online and they had said, um, this is an update, they're expecting gross revenue of approximately uh, just under $195 million, uh, gross profits of US $45.8 million, uh, and EBITDA $21.3 million. So this is for the three months ending March and that's an increase in revenue of up 24% profits up by 15%. So actually, that to me looks not too bad. And I like this for its cash, you know, for its cash as well. Their cash is up to $103 million uh, from $95 million. So this is at the end of March, uh, from the end of December. And their net debt is coming down. So, you know, I think that looks a bit unduly uh, punished. And they've uh, signed an agreement with Microsoft. Um, Bing, uh, that's in terms of uh, advertising using AI capability. Um, and they've got existing relationships with Google and Yahoo as well. So, you know, my view is that that looks a little bit overdone on the share price. Obviously. There were a couple of others actually you've talked about a bit in the past, which didn't look that exciting. One was Carrero Network Security. I mean, they made a tiny profit, $400,000, but the cash yeah. seems to be flying out. Yeah tricky to get excited about and the other one was red centric which you've talked mm. about in the past do you know it was the most one of the most confusing rns's i've ever written i wish people would think about when you write an rns make them nice and easy to read a lot of us read them at seven o'clock in the morning trying to get a quick glimpse of it 
make it easy for us, all right? Don't try and confuse us and have, have the real meat of it on page 39. Get up front. That is a very fair comment because, yeah, we're both doing this at seven o'clock in the morning. And this one I did have to read in some detail, get through the electricity prices, uh, impact on their data centers, uh, the fact that they managed to fix that and secure, you know, proper rates for them. And then they give their an estimate of FY uh, revenues and profits, which, you know, uh, revenue of 160 billion and EBITDA expected of 29 million. That's, you know, not, not unduly. You know, it looks, looks, looks reasonably, reasonably decent, but it took a long time to get there through that announcement. Well, it took a huge amount of time. And what they were basically saying is if it wasn't for the electricity price, everything would be OK. And it'll all be right by 2025. Phil, oh, that's miles away. Anyway, there you go. Write your RNSs more sensibly, please. Uh, yes, I would be happy to assist. Right. So, the, so in summary, um, just looking across the sort of tech results that are coming through in the sectors at the moment, it, 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 it is getting very interesting to see what's coming out. Um, and certainly uh, automotive investment itself and development of, of new automotive vehicles that seems to be being maintained, which is a good thing. Uh, spend on pharmaceutical and healthcare related tech, and I don't mean you know the biotech itself. I mean things like software, like test equipment's going to those sectors. That seems to be holding up pretty well as well, as does uh, as does spend on on industrials. So quite interesting to see how the sectors are panning out as we go through the current economic environment. Well, it's yeah, it is, and it's still very confusing. But hey, maybe we'll take the summer off. Everyone will get a clear head and then we'll come back and happy days. I hope so, because I agree with you, Andrew. Yeah, it is confusing at the moment. Anyway, we'll keep trying to make sense of it all and, uh, and chat about this. With, uh, so there you go. That's enough. Isn't it? I think we're done. Um, as usual, if you don't disagree with us or you want to make a comment, please just let us know. Um, if you want us to talk about a particular company, just let us know. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, uh, Phil will be back next week. I won't. Excellent. You, well, I'll look forward to putting the podcast together next week and try and make sense of it. Very good.